Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Evangelism for women, and it's a necessary topic to talk about uh, in, in today's world because there is a lot of confusion. We want to add some clarity. First Timothy chapter number two will be there first. And I want to answer an objection that some people raise and say, well, women really shouldn't be doing that. So we're going to answer that objection and see if that is true or false. You probably already know the answer. But nonetheless, in first Timothy chapter two. Verse number 11, the Bible says, let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor do you serve authority over the man, but to be in silence. There would be some extreme groups that go far as to say, you see, the woman has to be silent. She can't go and witness and tell other people about Jesus Christ. Uh, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. We're going to read these passages. We're going to get some context. Then we're going to have our question answered. In 1 Corinthians in the 14th chapter, look at verse number 4. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Look at verse number 5 toward the end. He that prophesieth that he that speaketh with tongues except he interpret. Look at the end of the verse. That the church may receive edifying. Uh, go down to verse number 12. Uh, even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Look at verse number 19. Yet in the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also. Look at verse number 26. How is it then, brethren? When ye come together, guess what they're doing? They're coming together in the context of what? The corporate assembly of the body of Christ. Look at verse number 33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Anybody want to guess by the way I accented the words? What the context is said it earlier, the verses are obvious in First Corinthians 14. When the body of Christ gathers corporately, let's read verse number 34. Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Verse 35, and if they will learn anything. Let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in the church. Now, we don't have the ladies come up and preach. <laughs> Why? Because in the context of a corporate assembly of the body of believers, God says that's the man's role. Um. But I'm called here. I, my job isn't to run 
the town of Cookville. My job is to run the the church house that happens to be in the town of Cookville. In other words, under God and direction by God, we come and we worship as a body of believers. But it has absolutely no context to women being silent outside of that context. So they can go out in public and teach and preach and prophesy. And we're going to see that all through the Bible. Now, it's kind of interesting that Paula White and some of these other women preachers, you'll see as we go through this, they have the command by God to go out in all the world and preach the gospel. Yet that they decide that, well, I want to have a place in the church house to preach. And then they just go ahead. They have one that's clear that they can go and do. And they don't do it. They have another one that's clear that they violate as well. And then they go and do it. Women are called to lead a local church. And be a preacher of a church. That's what that context is in our first Timothy passage and in our first Corinthians passage has absolutely nothing to do with the town. Go over to Acts chapter number 18. We're going to see the mighty role as we go through this that women have that they should embrace as public ministers of the gospel. Look at Acts chapter 18 and look at verse number two. And found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. So we have Aquila and Priscilla as we open up Acts chapter number 18. Uh, let's go down to uh, verse number 18. So we know what we're talking about. Now look at verse 18. And Paul, after this, tarried there yet a good while. And then took his leave of the brethren and sailed thence into Syria. And with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shorn his head in century where he had a vow. So Paul takes who? Priscilla and Aquila. We see that in verse 18, right? Now go down to verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they, that would be Priscilla also, took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. You know what you have? You have a woman, someone's wife, pulling aside someone and teaching them the truths of God. And you know what the Bible says? That's a good thing. That's all right. 
you know, if somebody comes in here and they they listen to the preaching of the word of God and afterwards there's some fellowship and it becomes evident that they're not saved. It's OK for one of the ladies or one of the uh, a husband and wife to take someone aside or a lady to take someone aside and expound to them more perfectly the ways of God. God wants that to happen. Everybody see that? That is a way of getting gospel truth out to somebody. Now, ladies, let me ask you a question. We had a young person come over from tech, a young female, 20 years old, and she comes and she sits through the service. And the servant convicts her heart and she needs to talk to somebody. Who do you think would be better to pull her aside and expound unto her the ways of God more perfectly? The preacher who's a man? Or one of you ladies that can sit down with her and speak to her on a level that I can't and in many ways could be perceived as inappropriate? We, we need you women. <laughs> we need you women in the church being able to teach in an appropriate God-given role and manner, and it's perfectly fine. We see it right here in Acts chapter number 18. So this idea, on one hand, yes, we have scripture truth where we're not going to call a woman to come preach the Bible here. But that doesn't mean she can't teach the Bible. It's just that she's not preaching to the corporate assembly when men are present. That's all that context is. So this idea to use those verses to say, well, women don't have a role. They can go to Walmart and talk about everything except Christ. Come on. They can go to the garden center and talk about everything and anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. And what he come on. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. <clears throat> go back to first Timothy two. Let's just point out one other thing. Because in the 12th verse, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. We already talked about where the context of that is. And if she comes up here and starts preaching and teaching the Bible, then she's usurping authority. That's what that means. But this order that we see in 1 Timothy. In the church teaches order as well in the home. As a matter of fact, when you go over to the third chapter and you go through and read all of the requirements for a bishop and the de yeah, deacons in here too, in, in, in verse number 12, you know what the whole principle of it is behind? The idea that it's happening at the home first. And I say that to say that if you are a single young lady and not married, the authority in your life down here on earth is your father. And if you are not a single young lady and if you are a married woman, the authority down here on this earth is your husband. My wife and my daughter don't go out to the town and have other authorities. They have. My wife, 
my daughter. You understand what I'm saying? Wives, your it's your that's your husband. That's your authority. No other man in town's your authority. So this attempt to say that women shouldn't be active in public evangelism because of these verses that we read in First Corinthians and First Timothy, they just take them out of context. Women can absolutely be active in public evangelism, and they should be. Those that teach otherwise have a false view. Um, ladies, let me see if I can't help you with uh, a thought that this world has. People don't like the gospel, and we need to bring it to them. But go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. You want to be careful about. It might not be so much you. Doing this. As much as it is more. How the world might perceive you. And sometimes you can't do anything about it. But in first Corinthians chapter number 11, the third verse, it says, but I would have, you know, that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. And what I want to say to you tonight is, and this is really for all of us, we need to be careful about being humble. And we want to be careful about thinking about how somebody might perceive us, even if we ourselves are humble and think we're humble. Think about the perception that others have. First Peter 5, you don't have to turn there, but it says, yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. When we go out, ladies, public evangelism and, and men, this is for all of us. We need to be careful about our own humility. Let's try to present ourselves as under the authority of Christ and be as humble as we can be. Proverbs 16, 19 says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs 22, 4 says, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. James chapter 4, verse 10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. So, In the sight of God, when we go out and speak for him, Try to humble yourself. Women that hate God may, just because they hate God, view you as aggressive. And that's the least thing for, on your mind. You may have a humble spirit. You may have sanctified the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. You may have prayed and you've done all those things. But this wicked world with these wicked women and men, because they hate God, it will be directed toward you. What are you so aggressive for? What's your problem? And you're just going to have to stay humble and smile. And know that if you've humbled yourself in the sight of the Lord, then he shall lift you up. And it can get discouraging. Because, well, 
I've been discouraged before and I'm not a woman. <laughs> and I know that you will be discouraged if you witness to lost people any length of time, it's going to come. So don't let some woman that gets snarky back at you, get you down. Just know that if you've honestly humbled yourself, then the Lord will lift you up. He will. Um, watch in John chapter number four. You all know this, the women, of the, the woman at the well. John chapter four. Watch how God uses this woman. John chapter four. Look at verse number five. And uh, then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where man ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And marvel upon, and, and, and upon this came his disciples and marveled. That he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? 
Go down to verse number 39. Look at this. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days and many more believed because of his own word. And he said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this indeed the Christ, the savior of the world. I know that was a lot of reading. But I read all that because it's so important. The entire city was affected by one woman. You have a role, lady. <clears throat> Ladies. <clears throat> you have a role, women. We have an example where an entire city is affected by one women's women's testimony this is who the christ is that's pretty powerful so this idea that women don't have a role well the bible doesn't teach that because they certainly do have a very very active are given an active role and a very important one at that luke 24 and keep your finger in John, just go to the 20th chapter. Why don't we do that first since we're in John? Let's do John chapter 20. Look at verse 17. John 20. And also get Luke 24 so we can turn there quick. All right, John chapter 20, we'll do that first, and then we'll go to Luke 24. John 20, verse 17, Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. Jesus has already died on the cross. Obviously, you know that by the context of the passage. And he has come up from the grave. Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father. And your father and to my God and your God verse 18 Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples uh, that would be a woman telling men <laughs> that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her go to Luke 24 Luke 24 Look at verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women <laughs> that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles and their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not. You know who got to preach the gospel first? That would be women. You know who Jesus Christ personally gave the commission to? That would be women. <laughs> and they told it to men and they didn't believe that Jesus Christ rose. Again, they didn't believe it. 
We see it right there in the verse. Oh, that's an idle tale. They're the first ones commanded to go out, tell others. Ladies, you know what you need to do? Go out and tell others. Now, how many of you, how many of you ladies tonight want to be a prophet? Amen. All right, Acts 21. Acts 21. Let's let's see what the Bible says. Acts 21, verse number 8. Acts 21, verse 8. And the next day, I know you were nervous to answer that because you thought it was a trick question. Acts 21, verse number 8. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed to came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip, the evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. So where are they? In Philip's house. Verse 9, and the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. So in Acts chapter 21, we've got four daughters that prophesy. Well, what's that mean? Go to uh, 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll see what that means. Go back to 1 Corinthians. We'll, we'll let the Bible define the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse number 1, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, rather that they may prophesy. For he that speaketh in unknown tongues speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Verse 3, but he that prophesieth, Speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Prophesy generally means one of two things to either foretell the truth of God. Or to forth tell the truth of God. You want to guess which one we fall into? We're not foretelling all the prophecy has already been written. We are prophesying in the sense as we are forth telling. We are teaching truth. To prophesy in this context is to bring forth truth. And that's what happened in Acts chapter 21. So we want to get the definition of prophecy. now. We're not going to get into the context here of 1 Corinthians 14. We'll do that at a later time. But just to define prophecy, it's speaking truth. To edify and to exhort and to comfort. And that is what is happening uh, when you teach somebody Bible truth. You're not foretelling anything. You're foretelling the truth of God's word. If you go to Acts chapter 1, another example. Um, by the way, you know how you can do that? You know what we have at 10 a.m.? Sunday school. You know who's downstairs? Kids. You know who's upstairs? The adults. You know who teaches the men? The preacher does. You know who can teach the women? Other women. <laughs> they can prophesy. They can forth tell truth. You know who can teach the kids? Women can. Women can. 
there is a clear context in First Corinthians 14 and, and First Timothy chapter 2 when it comes to women to be, being silent. And it has to do with a very, very small context within the church. And that is, they're not to be preachers. And everything else is wide open. They can teach women, they can teach children, and they absolutely are commissioned to go out and preach and teach the gospel. Why? Because Cookville is in our church. <laughs> we are the body of Christ. <laughs> Does that make sense? Everybody get this? Okay, all right. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8. Jesus is speaking here, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, and other words, part of the earth. Who are they going to be witnesses? Just the men? No, women too. That's for everybody. Look at uh, verse number 12. They returned. Uh, then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, and Andrew and Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon Zealous, Jews, brother James. Verse 14, these all continue with one accord, prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Women are to be witnesses. It's very evidently clear. Acts chapter 2. Let's look at one more on this one. 17th verse. Then it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Women are to prophesy. Women are to go and foretell the truth of God's word. We're not talking about anything else except forth telling God's truth out in a public way. Two more thoughts and we'll be done for this evening. Go to Acts 12 because I want to show two more ways that women are used in the Bible in a very powerful way. We want to look at this tonight. Acts chapter 12 will be in verse number 5. We'll get some context. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Peter's in a bad way. He's in prison. Not, not a good scene for here for Peter. When Herod would have brought him forth, verse 6, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. Verse 7, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up quickly, saying, Arise up, raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, People say prayer don't work. <laughs> Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garments about thee and follow me. And when he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Verse 10. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city. 
which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street and forthwith the angel departed from him. It's pretty good to pray. Started off with that. They're, without ceasing, they're making prayer to Peter on verse number five. Verse 11, and when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John. Whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together. Praying. We saw in verse five, they needed prayer in a mighty way. They were praying. Peter goes through all this mess. All this happens when Peter finally either he knew where the house was or but he, but he got there. Mary, the mother of John, verse number 12, allows her house to be used for prayer. And they're all praying for Peter. And we all, we just read what happened. Now that's pretty powerful. There's so much to do. There's so much in the Bible for women to do. Have a prayer meeting, ladies. <laughs> it's just another example of how women ha should have an active role in serving the Lord. And we, we see that in Acts chapter number 12. She's providing a place for Christians to meet. Praise God. Last one we'll look at is, and then we'll be done is, let's go back to the book of Luke. And we'll go to the eighth chapter. Luke chapter number eight. Chapter 7, he, Jesus go, comes from Capernaum, and he goes to the, the city called Nahum. And then he is going to end up at a Pharisee's house. And then in Luke chapter number 8, it says, verse 1, And it came to pass afterward, then he went throughout every city and village preaching. And you, get, you read all of chapter 7, you get, to, you get to chapter 8, verse number 1, and that's a lot of cities to go through. That's a lot of teaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the 12 were with them. Watch this. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others. Which ministered unto him of their substance. They're given financially. <laughs> These are women that Jesus has healed. And these women are giving financially to the work of the Lord. Literally here. Giving of their substance. You know what their substance is? Their possessions. The stuff they have. The last and final thing that we're looking at tonight is 
There are so many ways for women to be used in the furtherance of the gospel. Whether it is opening up your house to pray and have a prayer meeting, whether it is going out yourself and doing it, whether it is giving up your substance so the, so the work of the gospel can go forth, there are so many examples and ways that are clear in Scripture for women to be able to forth tell truth and are given a complete open door. And what we want to be able to do at Pilgrim Baptist, our local assembly, our body of believers, is we want to give women every opportunity and every privilege and, and opportunity that we can so that they can go out and teach and preach the gospel. These good news clubs, not that men don't do them and not that men can't do them and do a great job. But a lot of women sign up for these good news clubs and get into these schools all over the nation. And they do a lot better job than men do. I don't know if it's because they're moms and it's the mothering and the niceness. And, the, and, and I don't know. I don't have a way of putting my finger on the pulse on that. I just know that that seems to be the way that it is. Now, gentlemen, I'm not saying we can't do it. All I'm saying is that it's another example how God can greatly use women in mighty, mighty ways for the furtherance of his kingdom. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.